0: What's up, Reformation over revival? Episode two. Super pumped. We're going to talk about revival: why, how, when, where. And uh, I want to make you think a little differently today. Let's uh, let's hop into this. Here we go. All right. So, um, I want to talk today. Uh, about revival. Want to talk about maybe our opinion of revival? How it comes, where it comes, why it comes, who it comes through, different things like that. And and a terminology that I hear a lot today. That um, I really I I don't know that we should use it, (laughs) and we use it often. I hear pastors use it, worship leaders use it, Sunday school teachers use it, Christian businessmen and women use it, and. Um, I just want to look at the sentence, we're just praying for a move of God. Um, I, I think that, um, I just want to look at this really quick. You know, I, I, uh, I just got back from Ohio, um, yesterday and on the plane round, I think it was on the way there, uh, I was just thinking and praying, And talking to the Lord. Um, And I had this thought, you know, I I don't I don't necessarily believe um, that God, quote unquote, sends revival. Uh, You know, we have worship songs. uh, We have messages. We have people who their whole goal, their whole ministry, their whole life aim, their whole prayer. Is just, God, just send revival, God, just just send revival to our nation, send revival to our people, send revival. And, you know, I, my problem with that is that if we are dead to sin and alive in Christ, I'm not quite sure we should need revival. Now, what I do believe needs revival um, is the body of Christ. And I, I even struggle saying that because I think I just I think the American church needs revival Um, because I'm not even sure in a lot of ways that what we call the American church can be called the body of Christ. I'm not sure they're the same thing in a lot of areas Um, and that may offend people. And you know, I'm sorry if it does, but I'm not sorry if it does, but (laughs) We, we i just think we need to look at some things differently and and here's 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 the statement i want to start off with i don't really believe that god sends revival i believe he sends men who've been born again to share the gospel that brings the dead people to life if, if that makes sense and if that's that's kind of the way that i want to encourage you to begin to look at it, um, is instead of praying for revival i believe that as christians we have a duty to be revival because if you've been revived if you like romans 6 says if you no longer live in sin and you're no longer a slave to it but you've submitted yourself and committed yourself to christ and you're now a slave to christ then we also know that romans 6 says romans in general says that we were we took part in a death like his so we will also take part in a life like his well the life of Jesus is not sad depressed anxiety ridden life that is this hellacious existence that we suffer through as Christians and we just <laughs> and we just make it through one day to the other it's it's a life of joy and now here's the thing that we need to understand joy and happiness are not synonyms your happiness is an emotion and I believe that your joy is a state of your spirit where the joy of the Lord is my strength okay happiness is not a strength okay happiness is a momentary feeling but when the joy of the Lord takes root in my life and who I am becomes synonymous with the joy of the Lord then no matter the circumstances I live alive I live a life of, of supernatural action. So I do, I go, I don't pray and hope for things to happen. I pray for the Lord to direct me and I live my life in a way that I bring the life inside of me to the dead world around me. That should be how we live. That's what Jesus did. That's why Jesus changed the world forever because the way that he lived was a way that brought the life in him to the dead things around him, if we're going to live like Jesus, that he said it was good for us, that he went away so that the Holy Spirit could come, because that means that the Holy Spirit is now alive inside of me. If the Holy Spirit's alive inside of me, then I understand that he used to not be in me and I was dead before. That is the state of somebody who needs revival. I have trouble settling with the idea that those who have the spirit of God alive inside of them need reviving. I think the thing that needs to be reviving would be the thing that's dead. And I think to claim that the spirit of God's alive inside of us and then to say that we still need to be revived would be to blaspheme the Holy Spirit alive inside of us. Now in the same way, I think there are people saying they have the Holy Spirit alive inside of them who probably don't. That's just the reality. It's a sad reality, but that's the reality of the church we live in, the world we live in, and honestly, why we need reformation over revival. Because if our thinking can be reformed, then those who have been revived will realize maybe the reason we're not seeing revival is because the ones who have been revived are not putting in the action and looking like Jesus in their life enough to revive the dead things around them. Maybe we're just standing at the top of the mountain, looking at the Valley of dry bones, wondering why nothing's happening. That that's just, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, this is just my thought. Maybe, maybe if men don't go, then the prayer of revival won't get answered. Maybe if the men of God don't start running and taking God to those who don't have him, maybe then, maybe, maybe, maybe that's what we're missing. So if we can reform the way that we think, I believe we can begin to revive the dead things around us. And one thing that I see, let me drink some water. One thing that I see, um, a lot of times, is this, we come together in our corporate gatherings, whether it be Sunday, whether it be Wednesday, whether it be whatever day, small group, corporate setting, worship service, preaching message, kids, church, youth, whatever, young adults, senior adults, middle-aged adults, women, men, whatever it is, Christians come together and we stand in church and we ask God to come. We pray for him to move. We sing songs about how bad we want to feel him move, how bad we, we need him to set a fire in us. And, and I'm convicted of this. It, the truth of the gospel, okay, the reality of Jesus himself, if, if the reality of Christ leaving heaven, coming to earth to limit himself to be uh, placed inside of and grown in a woman, birthed from a woman, limited to childhood, growing up through adolescence, teenage years, growing up to be a young adult, being a carpenter, living a normal life. Then at 30, going into ministry, living the the life that he lived of every day, depending on the father to provide for him, teaching his disciples to live the same way. Dying for us in the most horrific, horrendous, horrible way. We we watched the Passion of the Christ here recently, at our church, and uh, with a communion service. And the one thing I just kept hearing the Holy Spirit say as I was watching the Passion of the Christ was, "This doesn't even come close to what it was like. This is not this this is horrid. This is so hard to watch, but this doesn't even come close to what it was like." And If, if that alone, if that move of God doesn't fuel you to do something today, I think you have a problem. And then Jesus left and he said, it's good for you that I leave. I said that earlier. He said, because I'm going to send the helper. What does the helper do? He helps us. He, he is the spirit of God alive inside of us. We see in acts in the upper room. We see the Holy spirit invade and we see, just look at Peter specifically, we see a massive difference in Peter trying to preach before the Holy Spirit and then Peter speaking after the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't even, what we can do with the power of the Holy Spirit, that move of God doesn't even compare to what we are separate from him. So here's my question. Here's the problem. If the move of God from heaven to earth to die for us then the move of jesus back from earth to heaven to rule and reign at the right hand of the father then the move of the holy spirit from heaven to earth to reside in us on us and around us and empower us if that's not enough of a move of god to encourage you to move i think maybe you're just caught up in feelings instead of a real move of god i think maybe as a church, we've become consumed with this emotional, with this uh, secular humanistic. I'm in the center of it. I'm in charge. I need to feel something. I need to feel good. I want and And I want to cry. I want to fall over. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to shake. I want to feel, I want to feel, I want to feel. And we're wondering why we're not seeing revival. And I believe honestly, with everything in me, we're not seeing revival because we're not being revival. If we are revived and we live revived and we have the Spirit of God, the Helper, the Holy Spirit inside of us, does it not make sense that the way that we live, if we're living like Jesus, would be in a way that brings life to the dead things around us? If the same God who created the heavens and the earth with his mouth, the same Jesus who walked out perfection, the same Holy Spirit that was present for all of those things, the Holy Spirit that empowered Jesus to do what he did. If he lives in us and if Jesus promised that we would do even greater things than he did, does it not make sense that through the power of the Holy Spirit with the gospel of Jesus as our weapon and our message, does it not make sense? that we should be taking revival to the dead things around us, not being the church that's begging for revival. It, what kind of message does it send to the world that is dead, that the church that claims to be alive spends all of their time begging for revival? That's the, It's insanity to me. It's 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 disgusting to me that the people who should be the example of life— have wasted so much time begging God to do something he's already done and, and neglecting the fact that he's equipped us to take the thing that we're begging for that we really should already have to those around us. I, I, I struggle to comprehend how, how it's okay for us to waste so much time praying for something that's really already been given to us. You know, I just, the reality of Christ himself, if that doesn't consume you, with, with a passion to declare the truth, the truth, the only truth, the way, the truth and the life. If, that, if you're not consumed with a passion to declare that to literally anyone who will hear you, then I'm not sure that you have really met the Jesus of the Bible. You might have met the Jesus of the modern church, but the Jesus of the modern church and the Jesus of the Bible aren't the same person. And that's a sad truth, but it's still the truth. So we have to decide, are we going to fall in love with the word? Like I talked about last week, are we going to fall in love with the Bible? Are we going to proclaim the truth of the gospel? Are we going to take that to the world around us? Or are we going to be satisfied for this mediocre Jesus that the church has been teaching that that we feel like this, you know, the, the, the American Jesus, I guess this is the same Jesus that decided that America was the chosen people for, for whatever reason, you know, cause that's, that's what we teach too. And so that same jacked up theology that says that we're the chosen people and he's now decided that it's this half-hearted mediocre commitment to him that that we're just doing it for the blessing we're just doing it for heaven we're not even doing it because we want to save the lost we're not even doing it because he commanded us to and we are submitting ourselves wholly to him we're definitely definitely not going to kill the flesh because that hurts a little bit and there's no way jesus would call it to something that hurts the same churches that teach that are the same churches that are begging for revival and i think if we look at their theology we can see why they need revival but the real reality is they don't just need revival. They need reformation so they can be revived. Then they can literally become revival. I think, I think the plan for the church, if we read the Bible, if we read the word, is not for us to just receive revival. It's for us to literally be revival to those around us. I, I believe, I, you know, I think it's the same people that, ignore the moves that God has made to equip us. Those people are the ones that are like begging for, I just, when they say revival, they mean a good church service with signs, wonders, and miracles. That's what they mean. They mean I want to see a good church service that lasts maybe a week or two weeks or three weeks that makes me feel good. That's what they mean when they say we want revival. And I think that they fall into the category of the Pharisees and, and the people that, in the towns when Jesus would go in and they would say, we want to see a sign. We need a sign, Jesus who you are. Your life is not enough for us. We need to see a sign and we won't believe you until we see a sign. And Jesus curses them and says, because you need a sign, you're not going to see a sign. I think there's probably a large portion of the church today that falls into that category. And I think that may be why the prayer is going unanswered because the ones who understand that Jesus through the power of the Holy spirit and the working of the father has already equipped us to be the sign to the world around us. They're the ones who are actually seeing signs, miracles, and wonders. The ones who are begging for signs, miracles, and wonders, they're not seeing anything. And what they are seeing is usually because they're conjuring it up in their own emotional encounters. So we have to make a decision here. If we're going to genuinely commit to what God has called us to, we're going to be revival or we're going to keep wasting time praying for something that God's equipped us to be. I I believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. I believe that they should be the staples of the ministry of a true disciple, but I also believe that they are worked through the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit at work in those so moved by the move of Christ and for other people to enter his kingdom that they feel captivated and obligated to move for his kingdom. Okay. That's, that's an important, um, I don't know the word distinction that needs to be made until, until we're so passionate to see people enter the kingdom. We're not going to move for the kingdom. And that's really what the goal of us as disciples is, is that we live to expand the kingdom. Well, when we, and we beg for revival and we plead for revival and we won't need hope, need, 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 need revival. Then guess what? Now we become the people who are just hoping for the kingdom to come to us and we never expand it. Now, in order for his kingdom to come and his will to be done, then we need to be used of him to accomplish his will. It's not just this sitting around in my church pew because that's where Jesus is going to return. It's me living a life that says he might return right this second, and I'm gonna live a life that brings as many people into the kingdom before he returns as possible. And so we're looking at the world around us, we're realizing that they're dead and they're lost, they're dead in sin, and because Christ has given us the power and authority through his death, burial, and resurrection to be dead to sin, to no longer have to worry about the pull of sin because we can resist it through the power and the righteousness, in the grace of Jesus, then we now take what we've been given and we do like Peter says silver and gold. I don't have, but what I do have, I give you. And so Peter revives what was dead in that man outside of the temple. He revives in him the things that have been dead. That is who we're called to be. And if we live that way, guess what's going to happen? We're going to see revival. I believe that with everything in me. But I also believe it's a lot harder than just saying it. We have to believe it. We have to put it into action. We have to start to live it. So, um, and this was a little bit shorter. I just wanted to put this out there so you could be thinking about it. We're going to get into a little bit uh, longer episodes later in the week. But I wanted to share this. I wanted to post it. And I wanted you to be able to think about this as we go into the other episodes, as we go into the other things that the Lord wants to teach us. um, I want us to change our thought process on how we look at some things. And instead of begging God to do something, let's start doing the things he's already commanded us to do. Now, I know that's not easy, but it's what we've been called to. So let's begin to live every single thing that he's called us to do. Have an awesome week. Hope you enjoyed it. Hey guys, if you enjoyed that podcast, uh, you can check us out, um, wherever your favorite podcasts are, give us a review, give us some stars. It helps us out. Um, and then also, so if you have any questions, you can email us at reformation over at gmail.com.